Hey, 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 people, we are back on the scene. Yes, we are. Welcome to another episode of Mega Shane. Yes. So, Nick, how are you this week? You know, I'm okay for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, I have a story to tell y'all. Okay. Okay, so this past weekend, you know, I got a little extra day off because of President's Day. Yeah. And so, me and a little boyfriend, we, um, we went out. You know, to the mall, do a little shopping. Then we went out to eat at Cheesecake Factory. What? I had never been at the Cheesecake Cheesecake Factory. What? I know. So I was. It was the first time for me. Okay. So we go in. We hit. We sit down, and I look at the menu. That menu is a fucking term. It's a yes. Damn, like (laughs) it was War and Peace, basically. It is for a restaurant. I was like, oh my gosh. So we ordered the food. I, I was overwhelmed. I thought I, it was like taking an exam, a final exam. There were so many choices. <laughs> so I just settled on a little bit of salad, a little bit of Greek salad. Mm-hmm. When I tell you that salad was the saddest piece of lettuce I have ever seen <laughs> in my life, it was terrible. And then... Ken got like a chicken piccata, no flavor, no salt, no mm. pepper, nothing. This was I, this was the saddest lunch I have ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah, I went for and lunch. I'm, oh, okay. Yeah, like Jesus, it was sad. I'm like, for fuck, we should have went over to the Olive Garden. At least we could taste the bread. <laughs> fuck, it, like I will never go to the Cheesecake Factory again. Don't say that. No, because, you know, it's funny. Cheesecake Factory, yes, it has way too much on the menu. But their appetizers are on point. In fact, you can just eat the appetizers only. That's all you really need to do because they, they, it fills you up. The Buffalo Bomb, uh, the, oh, no, the Buffalo Blast or wherever they are, those are the bomb. They save your life. Those egg rolls, those Tex-Mex egg rolls save your life. You ain't got to eat nothing else but just everything on the appetizer menu and then get you some cake that yeah they need to trim that menu down because all of those 105,000 250 let's see that is way too damn much (laughs) that is way too damn much and I've watched enough Kitchen Nightmares and Gordon Ramsay's to know once you have a menu that big that the quality of the food goes down yeah I'm like, y'all, y'all doing too much. But then cakes, I, we didn't get any cheesecake because I was just so disappointed. <laughs> uh, I was like, those cheesecakes look good. They do, and they are good, though. But just, but at least go back for that. Like, if y'all go back, go back for some of those. Or go back for the appetizers. So I I, I will say don't give up on them yet. Just the appetizers will probably save the day. It's going to have to be on somebody else's dime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but anyway, how, how how have you been? I've been good. Um, I think I talked to people that I was kind of talking to somebody last week, and we had a great weekend together. Um, really good. I think if somebody, if y'all follow me on Twitter, you saw him, because um, he's from his name is David from Canada, and he it's funny because we were talking. Um, he likes. A lot of things that I like. So we were watching The Real Housewives. He was trying to tell me about the lingo. I'm like, boy, I'm from the South. But it was funny how he was doing it. But it's really cool. Um, just been nice hanging out with him. Um, also, just been 
getting back in the swing of things with work and it's been crazy weather around here like we've been raining like almost every day we've become seattle so basically i need a raft to get to work that's true that's true that's how it feels like and then somebody sent me a get uh, so for you know sometimes I, people will send you gifts and it was my birthday last week so somebody sent me an anonymous person sent me a gift and they sent me one of those harnesses like those leather harnesses they wear at work <laughs> i'm just like i was like i don't i don't do this and they was like hopefully you'll wear this you know for me one day and it's an XOXO. I was like, um, I was like, no, I'm, I don't do harnesses. Now I know people like it. It's part of the gay community. You know, they wear it when they put them that that nasty leather and all that stuff that they be doing. Let's see, not all. Okay, never mind. I'm not even gonna go that route because that will take up our entire show. <laughs> um, but uh, you got people sending you gifts. I can barely get a damn card. Yeah, there you go. I don't know who it is sending me gifts. I have nothing against the leather community. That's fun for you. But the leather that I do is either Louie or um, something Cole. But we don't we, we don't play. No, Cole Han. But we don't play. I don't believe in all that other stuff. Um, just because I just, I just don't get it. I, I tried it and I was like, I, I no, I just don't get it. So, you know, I'm old-fashioned. Just, you know, just take your clothes off and get in the bed. That's all I need for you. But uh, <laughs> some people like that stuff, and that's great for them. Great, That's good for you. But when I saw this harness, I was like, I don't, I'm not doing this. And it's like, did you try it on at least? I said, well, I did. But I was, I laughed at myself the entire time. So those of y'all who like it, that's cute. That's great. It's just not for me. It's not my style. I mean, well, we'll have to talk offline about, you know, <laughs> dabbing and all that jazz into newfangled material yeah, but anyway <laughs> an episode about that just you know people trying the new kinks and things because you know we, we we all got some freaks all within us so we, we should talk about that one day i know that's right mm-hmm. but let's get into some unmaced tea shall we yes so let's well you know we're gonna go through some small stuff and then we got a big one because this one yeah, just... let's start with some stuff something Good. Something okay. positive. Let's see. Well, do we have anything? Po- let's see. What do we have positive? Well. Well, we have uh, Saudi Arabia's first Comic Con. Well, that's true. That was that was very positive. They had their first Comic Con. Um, it seemed to have went off out of hitch. Um, people were very excited. Um, there was a lot of interesting costumes because you know they have to be mindful of, you know how they you know how they look and make sure that's not something that's be offensive um but it was very interesting to see that and and i you know i i'm i'm happy that they actually did this this was actually something that i was really happy to see i don't know if you put some of the pictures or anything but yeah i did see some of the pictures and i saw some of the stats they said over twenty thousand people uh came to their first ever con um and they said it was part of the country's uh Vision uh, 2030 initiative, which they want more cultures into their um, their industry, so they they're not leaning on oil so much. So yeah. it's a good uh, a good start. Um, I, I see there was one issue, like um, I know in Saudi Arabia they don't have public theaters. You can only watch film like in the privacy of your own home. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to somehow respect 
traditional norms while also, you know, trying to introduce Western, more Western cultures. Okay. Yeah, I thought, I mean, that's, that's really nice to know that what they're trying to do. And I really like the fact that they really put their heart and soul in some of these looks. Like, you know, there was a lot of, there was some Captain America's, which was very interesting. Um... <laughs> Some, there was some Star Wars type of stuff that I saw. Um, I saw Joker, which yeah. was really cool. So yeah, it was a, it was a lot of interesting things, and I really hope they continue this because I I feel like with everything that's happening in that area, this is kind of a release, you know, from just kind of the madness, right. and a chance for them to kind of you know really celebrate their geekdom and, and all that fun stuff like that. I mean, to even I think they had the the guy from. Doctor Strange, Mads Mikkelsen, I can never say his name. He made an appearance there. You know, it's just like really neat that they had that many people and over 20,000 people though. Right. And it just goes to show like geekdom and uh, fanboying out over, you know, nerd culture is not just a a U.S. phenomenon. It's a worldwide thing that's going on. So it's, I hope, hopefully... Saudi Arabia will have another one, and other countries in the Middle East will, you know, start to pick up on it and go forth and prosper in their geekdom. That's true. So, good luck to y'all. I'm glad y'all had this great experience. You know, hopefully we'll continue to hear and see more, and other countries will get involved, too. Exactly. Let's see. Um, but let's get into some funny stuff. It's funny to me. Um, the Great Wall. So, The Great Wall... You know, is that lovely movie about this white man saving all of China from the monsters? Um, came out this weekend and did not do as well as they hoped. In fact, um, didn't do as well as they hoped because the Lego, the Batman Lego movie, did a whole lot better than that one. Right. And I even think Fifty Shades of Mess even did better than that as well. <laughs> Yeah, they said that uh, during the opening weekend of the Great Wall, they only made eighteen point one million, mm-hmm. and I think their uh, their budget for the film was like a hundred and fifty million, <laughs> something insane. Um, they only got like a thirty five percent score on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. and a lot of people said like, even though like the action is good and the CGI is good, like the plot is just bland, yeah, and it's just another. There's no substance in the plot. There's no rhyme or reason as to why Matt Damon is over in China in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, it just didn't make sense. And even a lot of Chinese, uh, a lot of Chinese critics were hesitant on it, especially because it was this big, uh, this big showcase of these Chinese businesses and these venture businesses coming together to make something. And now it's just a a stinking mess. It is, and I and I, but I like the fact that this was very telling, and this was a new message sent back out here again. That first of all, we ain't checking for Matt Damon like we used to, and if you're gonna do a movie like this, you need to put in some some people that we don't know. I mean, or some you know, or really give us a story that we can really get into. You know what I'm saying? Like if you had a good story. We can get into it, but you didn't have a good story. And that's all I was hearing from everybody was like the plot was just broke. And, right. and you know, the person, 
Zhang, who who did this movie, is supposedly good at doing movies. So that's why I was I'm a little surprised that he couldn't pull this off, um, because he directed right. this movie, um, and I think he wanted Matt Damon in this. But the interesting thing I also found out was uh, there was a lot of Asian people who did turn out for this movie to give it a shot. Uh-huh. And some of them were disappointed <laughs> in that too. So, you know, it was, it's not that, because the other rumor was, well, the reason why they cast Matt Damon is because that's what, you know, they wanted that. They want to see an American action hero. But apparently they just didn't feel like that he was good enough for it. So they can't use right. that excuse anymore. And they just have to realize, like, oh, okay, we, you have your own people. Use your your upcoming stars. You the ones who've already done some great things. There's too many Asian stars out there who can really turn it up. And we'll you hear a little bit more about that as as you hear more from our special guest today. But um, I just feel like that this was a great message to be sent. That we're not here for this anymore. You need to do better. Right, and honestly, with the last Matt Damon movie I saw was maybe the talented Mr. Ripley. Um, <laughs> that's, and that's a while ago. Exactly. So I'm saying, like, Matt Damon really doesn't have the star power that he did before. And a lot of people, the criticism of The Great Wall isn't so much as them casting Matt Damon as the star. The issue is this white savior complex that has been normalized in Hollywood and, you know, repeatedly shown as if minority people can't be the heroes. We're always the sidekick or we're always the villain or the uh, comic relief. Yeah. So it's Matt Damon's gonna make his money regardless. True. You know, that check is still gonna cash. It's just, you know, Hopefully they'll learn, but, you know, they didn't learn in this movie. They didn't learn in The Last Samurai. They didn't learn in Gods of Egypt. They didn't learn in Noah. They didn't learn in Ben-Hur. So, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what they need to do. Yeah. Well, I don't know how many more it was going to take, but this was, again, the best message they can get in 2017 that nobody's here for this. Nobody's here for it. So sorry, Matt Damon. You got your money though. Right. Let's see. But also, what quickly came out today was the cast pick of um the new Star Wars movie that or the, the Han Solo solo movie. Um, so that came out today, and I first of all, it was very noticeable of all the white faces in there, and and. The one black face, the one, the one in there. Two uh, if you count Chewbacca. Well, yeah, you... <laughs> <laughs> Two, yeah, you're right. And I sat there and I was thinking, you know, Han Solo, as a character, he's, you know, a scoundrel, a rogue. You know, he's been around, you know, not to say that you have to cast people of color because this person was a scoundrel or a rogue, but this person's been all over the place. So you feel like if you've been all over the place you should know all types of people and things. And the cast, just, it bothered me. I looked at the two women in it, and I was like, there's no... That could have been a woman of color up in there. It could have been two women of color in there. It could have been one Latina and somebody black, or somebody Asian and somebody black. It could have been that type of mix. And then to know that there is his so-called wife, Sara, uh, Sana, Saros, 
um, I was a little disappointed to see that she wasn't really there or there was no people of color or women of color within this picture. And I, it, it didn't, I wasn't excited about it at all. I don't know if you saw it. I just was not excited after seeing that. I saw it and before I had a chance to, you know, comment on it, you know, everybody basically commented for me. I was <laughs> like, well, I mean, I don't want to say what's already been said, but it's just like, she is in the movie. So maybe I don't I don't know why she wasn't in the the group picture. So mm-hmm. it's just another smack in the face of women of color. Yeah. And I saw uh, Black Girl Nerds mentions was just like on fire, and people are like, "Oh, y'all y'all niggas just wake up uh, ready to argue." And it's like that's not the point. The point is everybody demands everybody should see themselves in media and if you don't see themselves then you should be asking the questions yes and and speaking of that i am so tired i am so tired and especially coming from our from our, from my oh, end. The, yeah the majority of the oh y'all always ready to argue you bitches is always ready to argue i'm like it's coming directly from black men like, I don't know what it is, black man. I don't know what it is. And we're going to talk about y'all in another part of this. But I don't know what it is that you feel either threatened or just attacked. Or I don't I don't know for y'all to respond so neg- negatively towards black women who are demanding more and demanding excellence. You should be doing the same and you should also be supporting that. So yeah, I saw some of that in, in, in Black Girl Nerds mentions and several other people's mentions mentions about how they're begging. Like that's not begging. That is asking the question. That is demanding answers. That is demanding the truth and that is making sure that things are clear about why we don't see more women of color in these roles. There are a lot of, like, The Expanse. I don't watch it, but there's a lot of women of color in those roles. And I will say sci-fi does a good job putting women and women of color in good roles when it comes to their series. So it's interesting that we don't see this in bigger things. This is Star Wars, and I feel like Star Wars and Disney, together, y'all are supposed to be this multicultural melting pot of, of, of media. So I want to see this, and I... And I feel like that we need another cast pick because <laughs> this right here did not motivate me. I just saw a bunch of white happy faces and Donald and Chibata. Right. <laughs> like, hey, he delayed Atlanta for this. <laughs> and I don't even want to think that deep about it yet, but it's just more of like, you know, brothers, stop, stop attacking. Listen, they're not even coming for you, which I'm trying to figure out. Anyway, listen, and just understand why black women want to see more and be more. Hell, we already see, we see what black women can do. <laughs> we see what they can do. We have seen black women as the V. We, no, no, hell, we've seen black women as the first lady of the United States. Oprah, Beyonce, we see them in these powerful roles. Your mama. Come on, y'all. Y'all need to quit. Y'all right. need to quit acting like this and start supporting. Because if it was on the other, if the shoe was on the other foot, black women would be riding for you black men. Yes. So I don't understand. I don't understand. I, I really don't. 
it's just tiring and ridiculous and y'all need to quit acting like this and let me say this if we are if we all at a con and this stuff come up i will be the first one grabbing somebody's megaphone shouting at y'all for being so damn stupid because we can't keep doing this we got to stick together and, and at these times the way the times are right now we ain't got time to be arguing over some stupid stuff we need to be sticking together and understanding where we're coming from so y'all don't right. grow up shoot this is a stupid and speaking of stupid, as we continue through, <laughs> so Evan Ross, which everybody knows is Diana Ross's son, um, is featured in the latest Gap ads. They're doing kind of a retro back to the 90s look and all that greatness. So he took a picture. He's like, you know, he's posing, model stuff. But then once again, <laughs> once again, these ashy ass Negroes come out here. Ooh, he looks gay. He looks like a girl. Why is he doing this? I'm like, bitch, why do you care? Why are you so caught up in what he's doing? Why are you so caught up if he's looking gay? What is looking gay? Why do you want to know what a gay look is? Seeing uh, on those responses, and then some black women were acting a little silly too. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to let y'all get y'all selves together. But again, just more of these black men coming off threatened. And I'm like, why are y'all so threatened over somebody else? It's not even you. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the pose for, okay. So I didn't see femininity in any of his posing. Yeah, whatsoever. I didn't either. But once it comes to modeling, because I've been on a, a Next Top Model kick for some odd reason, <laughs> a lot of male models will somehow portray feminine qualities in their modeling. And mm-hmm. sometimes female models, if they're doing print work, they'll do more masculine poses and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's this, especially black men, I don't understand why they're so afraid of femininity as if it's some kind of as if it's encroaching on their masculinity because mm-hmm. we've talked about this in what some of our first episodes mm-hmm. this hyper masculinity that is so pervasive in the black community mm-hmm. that it it kills closeted men that's why you see so many black guys on the DL that's why you see all this bullshit towards openly gay men openly gay black men mm-hmm. and it's just like why are you so afraid of what somebody else is doing if he's not fucking you if he's not if y'all are not in a relationship then why are you worried about him yeah. like don't you have a job to go to <laughs> no don't y'all have a <laughs> life you got you have other kids you need to take care of this right, is that you don't take care yeah, of that you don't but you on but you online though complain about somebody's look i just find it very sad that in 2017 black men still are not allowed to be free and what i mean free is free Free to do whatever, free to be, free to experiment, free to explore. Why is that still something we cannot do? And why is it that we are, we within our community are some of, you know, some black folks are still the ones shackling this. You know, that this is just ridiculous. We should be free. We are free. And by free, we need to be free to do whatever we want. Know everything about yourself. And, and be comfortable with everything about yourself. The one of the reasons why we're not so confident is because we refuse to know about ourselves. 
Hell, when you know yourself and you know your worth, you become too powerful for many people. And maybe that's the case. But I feel like, you know, when you know your worth, you know it all. You know what you're capable of. And I feel like we need to let black people, black men, black women be free and let them discover their worth. It's sad that we have this kind of strife from inside the community. Mm -hmm. Like, it's bad. We already get the bullshit from other people Mm -hmm. so we really don't need it amongst ourselves we don't we need to be uplifting we need to be celebrating we need to be you know open to the fact that we are very powerful diverse people and and mind and spirit and we need to let it be and if whatever evan did whatever posed whatever i don't even know i don't know that that struck some of y'all so deeply that you just had to get on facebook you know, and, and voice your opinion that we didn't ask for for you to do something like that speaks a lot about you more than anything that you could ever imagine. So, I tell you one thing: he's still cashing them checks. He's, he's, he's still working. I, know, I was about to say, what are y'all doing? <laughs> Wondering how you gonna uh, make a dollar out of fifty cents? I know. Why you sitting up here worrying about what shift you gonna get? He's sitting up right. here. <laughs> He's up for cashing these Gap checks, cashing those Dinah Ross checks, all that stuff that y'all ain't cashing. So, you know, when you get your business and your act together, maybe you can be somewhere too. You know, be like Prison Bay. He got his little act together. Now he about to make some money. I bet he's up here talking about how gay he look. He like, bitch, I'm going to look all the gay I want. I'm about to get this check. So, <laughs> Listen, I saw him. He was on somebody's runway at New York Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, well, see, look at making something out of nothing that's right look at god he's making he's making that stuff work his fine self but and it's this is the same bullshit see this is why like all of this bullshit about oh i'm not with that faggot shit or uh, why you gotta look so gay for it see this is why i don't have a lot of uh, straight black male friends because mm-hmm. of this same shit like this because i don't have time to deal with that mm-hmm. And it's interesting, I mean, I have a few straight black male um, male friends, but they also know who I am. And they they, they know, um, they've seen me straight hair, red hair, purple. They've seen all of the looks, so therefore they know if you're going to be friends with me, you're friends with everything about me. So they know better, but I do understand why it is a struggle for us to have um, male friends, male friends of color who are straight because of these of these type of foolishness this type of mess and this again needs to really stop we are too far into the future where we're still acting like this I, I just don't know why we're still holding on to that yeah I don't get it mm-hmm. so let's get into some real mess <laughs> yes <laughs> so Miss Milo so everybody knows Milo Yabba Yabba Dabba Do and I'm saying I can't say his last name, but I don't really care. Who cares? Who but cares? um she's been, you know, causing problems all over the net, you know, being this alt right, racist, bigoted queen, talking about how, you know, he loves black dick and how, you know, trans people are trash and all that stuff. And he also attacked um Leslie Jones and had his his followers go after her and be so and you know, like infiltrate everything about her and try to bring her down. And it was just evil. That was, was just pure evil. He's, he is evil. Like I, I can't stand him. Like if I ever saw him, I would l- run up. I'll go buy some milk just to pour it on him. Um, 
But, you know, he's been doing a lot of crazy-ass things. Then he had his book deal. I was like, who gave him a book deal for what? What we need to know? And then he got $250,000 for that book deal. Well, he had, yeah, well, that's what... He didn't get it yet. It was just a part of the deal. Um, and then he was also featured in Out Magazine, where um, Chadwick Moore was the person who did all of it. And then, you know, Chadwick lost his mind. And his, then loses... I don't think he lost his job. Well... Not not too clear on that, but he, I heard he's not there anymore. Um, lost a lot too, um, defending him, and didn't understand why everybody was mad because he, because this Milo is a is a vile, profane bastard. Then turns around, um, continue you know his madness now and stuff. He gets a press pass because he's considered press because he worked for Breitbart. So he was able to get a press pass to now be a part of the presidential press. So, you know, I'm sitting here going, like, what's really going on here? But then this weekend, everything began to fall apart. So he was on Bill Maher, and Bill Maher really did not drill him at all, at all. Let's be clear. Bill Maher has always been a shithead because he says he's transphobic as well, and he mm-hmm. says some outrageous shit. And he's given, when he invited him on his show, he's mm-hmm. basically given him yet another platform to spew this bullshit. Yeah. And so he had, uh, I think he had a senator, a Republican senator. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure the name. Then he had Larry Wilmore. Mm-hmm. And then he had a former U.S. Counter-terror- counterterrorism, mm-hmm. uh, I think, uh, agent or analysis or whatever. Yeah. And so Milo kept on uh, saying this bullshit. He was calling uh, trans people uh, that they were going to go into the women's uh, yeah. restrooms and attack small girls and women. He said, uh, basically, Larry was like, you know what, fuck, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> he did, that was so funny. <laughs> and he I'll... should, like, I, I, it's one thing to say, you got the right to say some crazy, you have the right to say anything you want mm-hmm. to. What you don't have to write is to be absolved from any of the consequences of what you say. True. So, him getting uh, losing his uh, publication for his book, which only sold about 50,000 copies to begin with. Him, uh, as of a few hours ago, he said he left uh, Breit- <laughs> Breitbart, whatever that dumbass publication is, or whatever. Um all these things that are happening to him is a result of him saying this crazy ass shit. And the uh, the straw that broke the camel's back was him saying that uh, pedophilia was basically basically he was endorsing pedophilia. Yeah. And what, everybody was like, "Oh, that that's too much for me." Yes, that's what it really came down to. But what really hurt my feelings is the fact that it took that. Right. You know, he's been doing everything else terrible, and then that came out and it was so funny because that video came out like somebody was like we got a video though I'm like but who waited this long for this video to come out but still it came out it caused ripple effect where he lost the book deal he lost he supposed to be a speaker at CPAC a conservative meeting and they took him off quick um, and then he lost his book deal then he just lost everything um, and he gave a press conference today which was ridiculous but he felt like somebody is, is Somebody was paying a lot of money to take him down. I was like, no, they didn't. They just uploaded a video on YouTube. But, um, so, girl, they didn't take, it wasn't take that much money to do. It was free. But I feel like that I'm glad that he got dropped like this. Because a bitch needs to know 
his place. He needs to realize that you can't do stuff like this and stuff and, it's gonna, and stuff is not going to come back. He should have known that. And he was too smug. I mean, you saw him on Bill Martin, damn pearls, thinking he was Dominique Devereaux, sitting up here, you know, just chilling and everything else. And I'm like, no, this is not cute. And the people looking who, like a reject from NSYNC, uh, right? Now, what was that group? I can't together like a, a rejection from together. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I just felt like he needed this fall because he needed to know two things. He needed to know that, you know, karma comes back hard and snatches all wigs. And two, I don't care who you claim, what how conservative you claim to be, they still don't like you. You saw how quick they turned on him as soon as all that stuff came. They turned on him quicker than the damn. Book deal plate, yes, um, whatever they name, yeah, something like they didn't care about you in the first place, so they were quick to get rid of you because you don't fit what they think is appropriate anyway. You're gay, <laughs> that's what it all comes down to. Basically, it's like I don't understand why people that are in a marginalized group like they have to, you know, be in cahoots with their oppressor. I, I I don't understand that at all. And make no mistake, I've seen a lot of fellow gay people, you know, jumping through hoops saying, basically condoning what Milo has said about trans people, about black people, Muslims, uh, and then this uh, pedophile, um, pedophilia comment. I'm just, at this point, there's no, you can't defend that. There is yeah. no way that you can defend that. Yeah. And yeah, and I just feel like, yeah, he needs to be dropped and he needs to know that he is not untouchable. And I'm glad that he sees that now. Like and if you if you see his press conference, he looked, <laughs> he didn't wear, he wasn't wearing any pearls today. He was trying to be all in a suit or whatever. He looked a mess. But um it was just the fact that he thinks that people are attacking him and coming for him. I'm like no, they. This has been a long time coming. It ain't really about attacking you; it's holding your ass accountable, and that's what happened. They held your ass accountable, and now you were sitting up here, no book deal, no ass job. But you know, but you know, um, there's plenty of you know. Wendy's is hiring, Arby's. If you can slice some meat, you can work up in Kroger's because Miss Kroger's always hiring people. You can check out folks. So, Kroger is always hiring. Yes, they people. stay hiring. So, Miss <laughs> Milo, you can get plenty of jobs. So you can work at Miss Kroger's. You know, Target hiring too, because I always need somebody to help me figure out what furniture to get. So you can also help me figure that out too. So when I go to Target, I'm like, Miss Milo, can you help me figure out what type of desk I need for my new place? Like, can you do that for me? You know, so you, like can... you can type your own book. <laughs> yeah, like what are you do? I'm typing my book. <laughs> How's yours? So you know, <laughs> you know, I'm glad this bitch fall fail, and I I don't think it's over. I wanted to to continue. I'm ready for him to continue to fall. But it was funny that he put on Facebook. They took my, uh, they canceled my book. <laughs> that was so funny. Just... Like, oops. <laughs> and the responses, because you saw the responses. Everybody was like, "Girl, we don't care." So. Right, ain't nobody gonna read that pamphlet any damn yeah. way. So, like, come on, <laughs> Lord, but that's that. that <laughs> but that's pretty much it. We have any more tea? Cause that 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 was just a, that was that made my weekend actually throughout these last I, few days. I have one more, mm-hmm. one more thing. So, 
in response to, you know, people saying crazy shit. So you remember we had covered uh, last year that CoverGirl was going to do, oh, introduce yeah. their first uh, male model. Uh, it went by the name of James, James Charles. Mm-hmm. It was CoverGirl's first male model. Yeah. So he, com- he was going on a trip to Africa and he commented saying, um, and this is a quote, I can't believe we're going to Africa. Oh my God, what if we get Ebola? I was like, okay, girl. It's a stupid comment. And Ebola has been, uh, I think the CDC said it hasn't been in there for like a full year, yeah. number one. So, okay, that's a stupid ass comment. And you should have said you're sorry from that. Well, he went on this tangent saying, oh, uh, basically defending, basically pissed off because somebody called him out on it. And then when people started going back and uh, further from his tweets, he was saying really other racially insensitive tweets. Like he said, uh, one, uh, I wish I was a chubby black woman who could sing in a barbershop style acapella group. He said something about Asian people. Then he said something about Mexican people. So this is not the first time he has said something out the way uh, towards a group of people or mm-hmm. something racially insensitive. Not only this, CoverGirl, basically, they didn't do anything. As far as I saw, uh, they just said, oh, we don't condone that kind of stuff. And then that was it. Oh, okay. And then I saw he was, uh, they released a, uh, him hugging Zendaya. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? I I think I saw that, yeah. And I was like, uh, see, okay, so they get a black person up there just to show, just to cover their asses. I'm like, that's... That's still broke. And, but, and, uh, you know what? He's young. I, I'll give him that much. Yeah, he is only like seventeen. So I'm like, he can make he can make these mistakes right now. I want his agent or somebody or manager to be like, bitch, you can't pull this type of stuff. Do you know what type of world we in right now? You can't pull this stuff. Don't do that because everybody you say stuff about will pull your contract quick. So right, the contract cometh and the contract taketh. That's what I'm about to say, bitch, you can't <laughs> you can't be in the same industry as they as Naomi Campbell. Lapita. Oh, oh, come on! She is leaps and bounds of a over cover girl. She, she's still working. She was actually in the uh, that gaps. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ad. I'm just saying that you know somebody who's been influential in fashion, you know, they can pull these weird cards and be like, take that bitch out, and then you know, like, oh, I'm sorry, we're gonna take your contract back because Naomi Campbell called to say it. <laughs> she said, um, in order for her. All of us to ever work with her again, you have to go. Um, then you'd have to go. I'm sorry. Right, you are just starting out. The legend has said, <laughs> "Fix your lipstick before you speak to me." Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny when she said that. I felt I just, hurt, and I didn't have any lipstick. But <laughs> I just want to be in her presence for like two minutes. That's mm-hmm. all. I just want to see her and like. I would probably cry if I ever saw Naomi Campbell. Yeah. That's understandable. I bet she, I bet she smells so good. I know. I bet her, I bet her hair smells good, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's important. That's important. Your hair needs to smell good, too. So, I'm just saying. 
Well, all right, y'all. Well, that's that's a full that's a full table of tea. But we be back. We got a special guest for y'all today. So y'all get ready for our special guest. <laughs> I am. How about you, Nick? Oh, uh, yes, very much so. All right. So we come back. We have our special guest. So be ready. Shannon, CG, Lauren, and Mel form the Nerds of Prey, a group of ladies bonded by comics, gaming, film, television, and fandom culture. Hang out with them bi-weekly as they dig into the very things that make them loud and proud nerds. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Also, check out their Patreon at patreon.com backslash nerds of prey. All right, so we are back, and now we have a special guest today. In fact, we do. (laughs) So the voice that you're hearing in the background, that is uh, Jake Choi. He's an actor. He was uh, the star of a really good movie, Front Cover. Mm -hmm. Uh, So welcome to Mechashink, Jake. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so, um, <laughs> uh, let's see, let's talk about Front Cover for a bit. So, yeah. if you haven't um, seen Front Cover, it stars Jake uh, as uh, Ryan, who is a uh, fashion stylist uh, in New York City, and he is tasked with um, styling this Asian uh, actor. Um, his name is played by... Uh, James, James Chapman, yes, and uh, uh, the guy's name is, I want to say Key, is that how you pronounce it? Um, it's, uh, it's pronounced um, Chi. Chi, okay. Yeah. So Chi is, uh, comes to the States because he wants to pursue, you know, he wants to get a new career as far as the American cinema. And so yes. uh, him and Ryan form an unlikely, I don't know, I want to say friendship, it's a uh, kind of a relationship, uh, but it's a very good movie, and we're going to talk about it today. So, um, Jake, tell us oh, about... I, I gotta, gotta correct myself, sorry, I gotta correct myself. It's, uh, his, his name, his first name is Ning, so yeah, he's just like referred to as Ning in the movie. It'll okay. be easy. You have to remember. <laughs> right, right. So, tell us about the the audition process and working on front cover. Um, yeah. So, uh, I basically got the email from my agent, and um, I saw the breakdown, and I was like, before even reading the script, I saw the breakdown. And I was like, oh, cool. This is a <clears throat> feature film written and directed by uh, an Asian American um, uh, director, and. Uh, uh, it stars two lead Asian <clears throat> characters. Uh, I, I've never seen that or auditioned for it. Unfortunately, sad to say. That so <laughs> I was, I was, and I read the script, and I was like, "Whoa, this is a, an amazing script!" And at the time, I was um, bartending for a weekly gay party. So I, I, I like, like bragged to all my friends. I was like, "Yo, like you gotta read this. You gotta look at this song." <laughs> the script and this breakdown, this audition that I have, this would be awesome if I can just even like get a callback for, for it. And so they were like, "Oh my God, Jake, this is like, this is so dope! Like you can definitely play this role." And I was like, "Hell yeah!" And um, 
So yeah, the initial um, audition was with uh, the, the casting director, Donna Desetta, who is amazing. And uh, yeah, I went and she, um, at, like after the first read, she was like, Jake, are you, I'm not sure, but are you trying to like, like play gay? And I was like, um, I'm not sure, maybe? And she's like, yeah, just <laughs> just read it like you. Just read it like yourself. And I was like, okay. And I did. And then um, she was like, great. Then let's do the other scenes. And um and then after like a couple of days I got a call back and it was a call back with the director and the producer. Um and uh Ray Ray is very hands on, so he loves to give like notes. But like this was a fir- first time first experience for me too, because Ray would like after a scene Ray would come like write a little note. He wouldn't say too much, but he would like write a little note, he would like give it to me and I'll read it and he would be like, Okay. 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 And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. Cool. Got it. <laughs> and then, uh, he would go back behind the camera and then I would do it. And then he would like write another note, another adjustment. And he would be like, is that okay? You got it? I was like, okay, cool. I'll do it again. And, um, that was a call back. And then uh, a couple of days later, they're like, all right, Jake, uh, my, my reps were like, you are the top choice. And they were just asking if you'd be okay with uh, doing chemistry callbacks with, the actors who are up for the role of me and there are three of them and i was like okay yeah sure and uh, uh they were like um the, the director is asking if it's okay if you could uh if 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 you can kiss the other actors during the audition i was like yeah that's that's cool too so um i go to the chemistry callback and uh two out of three actors i knew they were like friends of mine um and james chen wasn't one of them so uh <laughs> uh, uh uh, let's see. Yeah, and then uh, the first guy. Yeah, first guy. Uh, uh, his name. Yeah, um, he's an actor that I knew. I was like, "Hey, what's up, man?" He's like, "Hey." So we go in, we do the chemistry, call that. Like, you know, we have the kissing scene and everything like that. Um, went, went really well. But yeah, when I when I did the audition with James, there was something that was way more spontaneous um, with him. And uh, I don't. I'm not sure if it was because I didn't know him. Um, mm-hmm. So there was no awkwardness, maybe. Uh, but yeah, he was just uh, very present, and um, it it just felt like the best. And so I wasn't surprised when he got Cass's name. Um, and yeah, the, and and he would do the same thing. Uh, Ray Ray would do the same thing. He would like uh, give us separate notes uh, in the same room, and then like we would read the notes, and uh, uh, he would be like, got, "Got it, guys." I was like, and we'd be like, "Yeah, sure, cool." Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'd like put the note away, and then do another like reading of it. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so Ryan, so Ryan in the the film, he seemed like uh, distant, as if he didn't really want to accept his Asian background and his heritage. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. and I've I've seen that a lot in minority groups who also identify as, with another sexuality. Sexuality. Um, mm-hmm. So, could you talk a little bit about that? As far as do you see it in? the Asian community, especially when it's being um, combined with being Asian and being queer, whether it be bisexual, uh, homosexual, trans, you know, things of that nature? Um, I do, yes, I do see that a lot, uh, whether it, it, in the the Asian community, whether uh, they identify as straight or LGBTQ, um, I think I can't personally ex- like like extensively speak on the lgbtq 
Q community, community um, just because I don't identify uh, as 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 one of them. But just being around them all the time in the past five years and just talking with them, um, it, it it is pretty prominent. Like the an- just the anti Asian sentiment, just the the, the, mm. the, the self hate, um, and uh, I think it really stems from there's a lot of reasons for it you know just having immigrant parents uh you know like if you talk to any ch- first generation american children you know uh that have immigrant parents there, there's something um there's this implicit uh shame of having grown up with immigrant parents whether it's mm. still there or not or whether it's um just uh from early childhood um because they can and speak English, they couldn't identify with the children, and you know, culturally, there was just a lot of uh, conflict. <clears throat> um, and then, and then, when you when you when you specifically talk about Asian Americans uh, um, who uh, sort of try to repel the their Asian heritage, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with that that model minority um, myth and stereotype. Yeah. So it's like it, you try to get away from the model minority uh, stereotype, um, and then you actually uh, subconsciously in almost naturally start adopting whiteness and white culture to yeah. replace uh, your your shame for your Asianness, you know. Um, and uh, even 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 in the in the gay community, uh, there is there is uh, prejudice and racism. Um, you know, mainly you know white gay men will uh, discriminate against Asian or just people of color. Um, mm. And so, so I think. Uh, a way to a way for Asians to kind of deal with that is to just you know uh, push your Asianness away and try as best as you can to sort of assimilate into whiteness, right? Um, or whatever or whatever is American, quote unquote American, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I mean there, I, there's there's a lot you know to consider, but. Um, yeah, it is. It's it, it just a lot of different things, but I think at the end of the day, it's, it's just trying to assimilate somehow. Um, you know, like to to be American at the same time to be Asian, and you know, sometimes uh, culturally there's a lot of clash. Uh, uh, you know, some clashing that's gonna that's gonna happen. But um, uh, with Ryan, particularly with Ryan, you know, it has a lot to do with growing up uh, with immigrant parents who uh, were very poor or um, and and always you know they, they had a, a, a nail salon so you know ryan grew up watching his parents work on literally on their knees serving caucasians you know like the, yeah. the white customers that had money so like it's like there's two things he's he's sort of um resenting his parents for doing this job to feed him and then he's he there's this admiration that grows for white people you know, mm. because they're the ones that are being served. They have the money. They have mm. the, the clothes and whatever he wants. You know, and mm-hmm. those two marry. You know, you're you're gonna get a, a, a very self-hating Asian American growing up. Mm. Exactly. That's, yeah, I'm seeing that that a lot here. That particularly queer minorities feel they somehow if they see gay white men and want them to see them in a different light then they can somehow reap the rewards to them but you know you're still Mm -hmm. going to be you know 
the n-word to them you're going to still be a piece of me or you know whatever you're still mm-hmm. going to be a second-class citizen in the, at the end of the day to die. yeah and i exactly, exactly. yeah and yeah. i like when you brought up the model minority because that is in itself one of the most dynamic kind of madness of how you know you're trying to figure out you're not trying to be this certain way but in some ways you subconsciously do it even when you're trying not to um it's very interesting right. that, that's always been a very interesting um thing to study because I remember studying that a couple of years ago or a few well 10 years ago we say a couple but it was just an interesting format because it was you were taught to it was almost saying like you have to be perfect but you have to be perfect in a sense for white people versus so that was very fascinating to me right yeah it's like you be be as good as you can be the best Mm -hmm. uh, um, how we like it you know like in our mode, in yeah. our mold, you know, um, and 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 that's it just you're they you're being reduced to a one dimensional a stock of a, you know like a character you know uh, you're not being viewed as a, a fully human being, mm-hmm. full human being. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> 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 Man, we're getting deep from the gate. <laughs> Oh yeah, we we it's I love it. Uh, yeah. So um, so Ryan and uh, finally uh, him and the other character they go for it. So um, how do you? Because I know that you don't identify with the LGBTQ community. So how hard was it to do a quote unquote sex scene knowing? your sexuality and other actors' sexuality, but you had to make a chemistry work in that instance. Oh, no, it, it wasn't, you know, it, it was just like kissing a woman, you know? I mean, obviously it was, you know, he's not a woman, but it, it wasn't a thing to me. And I don't know, if, and, and James has done, uh, he's played gay uh, world before, I think, on mm-hmm. stage. Uh, and so to us, it was just like, like yo you know gay people exist too so can we just like tell their stories and not make it a big deal about kissing another guy you know i like i i view myself as a huge advocate and ally for the lgbtq community um i just don't identify with the sexual preference doesn't mean that i'm not open to it so like i've never been with like a man but i still see my sexuality and um well human sexuality is very fluid so mm. there is not like black and white it's just a lot of different shades of gray um but i've just never been with a man before but but it's like if the opportunity comes up and i like him then i like him um i'm not gonna push it away so you know just to i, I thought man like this is interesting okay this is this is an opportunity let me let me see like how i feel about men then um mm-hmm. so you know uh during the audition james and i was like he's a good he's a good kid sir but <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I know i know i like women <laughs> but uh, i think that's cool um, that you are that but, you were open to that that you were open to explore it if that was an attraction to you you were open to go there and that's really that's nice to hear that that you was willing to go there i mean why not go there if that was right yeah right. yeah like you know it i don't think it makes sense for me to just go through life as a as a as a person and as an actor like with my 
with one arm tied behind my back. I just don't think I don't think that makes sense. Just to me personally. Um, so the the kissing scene, the sex scene, it was it really wasn't that hard at all. Mm. It was so it was actually pretty fun. Like if you guys James, like man, it, it was short and sweet, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and you know I have <laughs> straight guy friends and actors, you know, that'll be like, damn Jake, you know, like I saw that scene it was really um intense and uh man i don't know if i can do that and i just kind of have to cock my head a little bit and be like but you're an actor yeah like if right. you know your your job is to play human beings to uh uh communicate and express human the experience so mm-hmm. whether you're playing a straight or gay or or queer, you know, in between human being, like that's your job to tell the story. Um, so I just can't empathize when you sit when people say, "I don't know if I can do that." When you're you're if you're an actor, you that you, you you out of all the people in the world that that you're the person that should be able to do that. Exactly. Exactly. If you're a good actor, you should be able to play many roles. You know, it's interesting because some people will play. Right. Aliens, <laughs> um, superheroes, yeah. um, talking squirrels, but but this <laughs> this is a this is a challenge. So that's a very good point that you said that you know you're an actor, you should be able to do this. You are talking about the experience, the experience of life. So that is you know that's your role. All right. Uh, so Jake, with the the onset of Iron Fist and the the bomb that is going on at. Uh, the Great Wall with uh, Matt Damon. How does yeah. <laughs> how does a an Asian actor look at that and say, well, "Why can't I be a part of an Asian influenced film versus a white person who is basically reiterating a white savior complex that has been a fixture in Hollywood for decades?" Oh man. Um, well, you know, just just to start, that 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 white savior narrative trope is just so tiresome. It's bullshit, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I, I'm just, I'm just glad that people are waking up and they, they're not they, they don't want to see it anymore because it's it's really racist when you really think about it. You know, some people will be like, oh, that's not racist though. Oh, it's not whitewashing, but it is racist <laughs> because when when you really break down the message, you're saying you're saying that um, a, only a white person uh usually a white man can save uh, a whole, whole country of people of color um right. from their own problems that's what that's essentially what you're saying so you're saying that the white man is superior to the non-white people and and th- and that they need saving from whatever their own people or their own enemies and it's bullshit because that doesn't happen in real life it's usually the white man that destroys everything and Anyway, um, so, you know, um, and, and then people will say, oh, but you know, it's a money thing. It's business, you know, like international people want to see, no, it's not. Cause you see a lot of movies where white leads, um, um, uh, name, big name white leads and they fail, they flop. They never, they, they, the movie doesn't make the money back, whether it's domestically or internationally. Um, and, uh, you know, it just, that, 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 excuse is unacceptable um and i just think it's to protect white male fragility 
Yeah. You know, uh, you know, you, all over mass media, you see uh, 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 what on TV, especially on TV and movies, that you see uh, white men uh, uh, with the women of color lovers. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just it's way too. Like I understand that it's that it, 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 you have those couples in real life, but it's just too it's too rampant. It's so like invasive because it's so much, and you know that brainwashes people, man. And, and women to think that white men are the are the uh, standard of beauty, the default of a uh, standard for all men, and that and th- which is why people will be like, yeah, you know, like I'm only into white men, you know, like you're only into white men. How about the other? You know, <laughs> to me that says that you're brainwashed, you're conditioned by yeah. by media, and and media is the most influential thing, thing because it's visual. Yeah. Um. So, I and I think that's and then. And so to your question, why can't I be that? Yeah, sure. Like, you know, Hollywood would be like, you know what? We'll get the white man and then we'll, we'll surround him with, you know, Asians or people of color. And, and, and they'll be happy with that. No, I'm not going to be happy with that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, we, 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 we d- deserve to be, be just as heroic in any narrative, to be up, you know, a, a front and center in any narrative as, as white men. Because in real life, that we're, we're, we're equal, you know? Yeah. White men are aren't superior us but that but that's the idea that's being shown to us which is racist that's very racist and uh you know you know hollywood keeps um repelling that accusation and saying no no but you know colorblind casting shut the fuck up colorblind (laughs) casting you know that's that's bullshit um it's it's just a way for them to Excusing themselves of um, their their racist uh, casting decisions and messages just by saying no, you know, like look, you know, we, we diversity and inclusion. Look at our cast, you know, it's very diverse. It's like yeah, you got the people of color have a glorified background or or to, to there to serve the arc of the white character. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's not calling this. That's not inclusiveness. Yeah. You know, that's not inclusive diversity. You're so, right. So um, and. Uh, yeah, yeah. The foreground to their back. Well, the background to their foreground. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, um, and and uh, you know, it just it's you, there's so many missed opportunities. You know, um, where you could have given that role to an Asian. You could have given that role to an Asian American instead of Matt Damon. And and now you have a chance to uh, give an actor an opportunity to become that star to to say that hey yeah. you know what um, um there is a bankable asian star yeah. it's him he was in the great wall of china and uh, uh it did really well why don't we cast him in the next blockbuster because he's bankable yeah right you see like matt Damon is 100 percent guaranteed bankable like no I, you know i mean he did some movies that were great and he did some movies that flopped too so it's like you could have given that to let's say uh, a Stephen Young, and if if it did well, shit, then you can't say Stephen Young isn't bankable yeah. anymore. You can't say, oh, we don't know any male actors who are, who are bankable. Like you could have gave that um role that Scar Joe took in um fucking that uh, Ghost in the Sh- um the the, the, the oh, show the movie. Ghost in the Sh- to, yeah, uh, yeah, you could have given it to um uh, 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 man, you know, like Lucy Liu. Oh, she would have killed that. She would have killed that. So hard, yeah. um, but even like a up and coming Asian um, actor, you know, mm-hmm. like she could have, mm-hmm. and and then 
then if that blows up, they can be like, oh yeah, you know, there is that that Asian um, actress who like mm-hmm. just just killed it in a big blockbuster movie. She's bankable. She's a, she, she's a star. We should and then you build off that. But yeah. if if the opportunity is never there, you then then we'll never be bankable supposedly. So. You know, even with Iron Fist, there is not one Asian uh, lead hero in, in any kind of um, me- a medium, whether it's a movie or a TV show. Um, um, and that was a really good opportunity for them to cast and you know to, to be subversive and and cast an Asian Iron Fist. And uh, and I think people would have really ate it up. But now it's like you, you got a lot of lukewarm feelings about it, and uh, I can't blame people because you got this face. <laughs> dude playing iron fist i mean god yeah yeah like even with the trailers i couldn't i didn't believe his punches like the fighting i'm like oh it seems like he would be getting a street fight and he get his ass kicked basically (laughs) yeah yeah and shit i'm short man you you know he goes over to a brownsville brooklyn there's no way his fucking kung noon is gonna save him (laughs) you know Right, uh, and then I heard like uh, Louis Tan was up for the main role, but then they demoted him to like a villain. So it's okay that we're in it, but you're just going to be happy right. to be a villain it, as the antagonist, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, it's almost like like yeah, be happy with the antagonist. Yeah. Right. It's almost like uh, Karate Kid Two, because Karate Kid Karate Kid Two, um, they're in. I think they're in. They they go back to. Um, oh, I forgot his name as we talk about it right now. They go back to his homeland, and you know, oh, yeah. and Danny, right? yeah, and Danny's like still the hero in this country, and yeah, and then the you know, the Asian guy is the bad guy, he's the one who's the, he's put down, he's no longer in the family, his uncle just owned him. It's like that type of format to me, yep, exactly, yeah. It, <laughs> It's it's just it's ridiculous when you really think about it. It is preposterous. Yeah. You know, um, like this whiteness and oh god, yeah. It's just like a it's so toxic. It's just like a plague. I don't know how else to yeah really describe it. And there's so much proof. Very toxic. Yeah, and there's so much proof that you know if you put a person in color and lead. People will come out to these movies. It is already proof. I don't under even Catwoman, which was somewhat, a f- wasn't really a flop. It made its money, but still, people came out because there was a black woman in this role. Um, exactly. So it's really fascinating that they're still operating on this mindset that people of color can't lead movies. I don't see Tyler Perry movies, but they still make a lot of money. You know, even. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Even think about Jet Li back in the 90s. Though he would do something and it would still make money. The fact that Jet Li and Aaliyah was leading a movie was big. That was a big thing. And they still haven't picked up on it. It's very fascinating to me. And you know what? There are two things. Um, I'm going to just touch on the uh, uh, Romeo Must Die real quick and then something else more broad. But So yeah, with Jet Li and Aaliyah, two uh, people of color lovers um, in the story of Romeo and Juliet Mm -hmm. just continue temporary um did really well it sold really well so there's a proof that's proof that the poc led stories will sell and what they and they still had to put a, a racist twist on it because yeah. jet lee and Aaliyah never kissed in the movie apparently they, sh- they shot a kissing scene 
hmm. but it was cut out of a movie. And yeah. it was just how do you how do you not include a kissing scene in a Romeo and Juliet story? Yeah, because because this is the way that the ma- uh, 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 the uh, masculate Asian men. This this is the this is like a prime example of how Hollywood will. Uh, um, this is new race. Racism. That's a new racism. It's like okay, we can't be outright racist. So how do we um, de- 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 cut cut down the Asian man's masculinity? How do we how do we how do we do that in this form? Okay, we're we're going to we're going to uh, perpetuate this kung fu uh, master stereotype, but we will only keep him two dimensional and not make him desirable, not make him the, the love interest, which is cutting out the visual of the of the two kissing, because you can imply and uh, through subtext imply all you want about how they're lovers if, if you don't show them kissing then it, then the impact is 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 gone there is no impact there's like all all there is, is implication but you need the visual confirmation and they cut that out and it was very intentional and that is very racist but people won't think about it like the Romeo and Juliet story so how do you not catch that you know i didn't catch it at first until someone brought it up to me and right. that is very very racist um uh and that is just what the older white uh, gatekeepers and decision makers do they're like you know what we can't make gently desirable because then uh, people will think asian men are desire desirable and that will that might give the age uh, the white men you know in this country competition and we're gonna have mm-hmm. to actually work for for whatever we we want to get you know in society um and that can't happen um also uh what was i gonna say um oh yeah so yeah hollywood um they know that poc led stories sell they know that that they just they 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 don't they don't want to push it you know like Mm -hmm. with romeo and juliet and all these um tv shows and movies that were it's proven that if there's an inclusive, diverse cast, especially where people of color are playing complex um, human beings with like emotional arcs, it sells. It's proven. It's proven. Walking Dead, any Shonda Rhyme show, you know, uh, Orange is the New Black, anything. But but and Hollywood knows this. They know it. Yeah. But they're like, you know what? We're still going to push the white story, the white narrative, um, because this is the only way we can hold on to our white supremacy and white privilege like mm-hmm. this is this is all we got like this is we can't we can't you know um um give that up because then they might be equal to us mm-hmm. then they're gonna oh they're gonna quote unquote take over you know yeah. quote unquote white genocide i don't know what the fuck they use um <laughs> so yeah no, they know it yeah. they know that they know the numbers they know the numbers and you, you have a great exactly. point yeah you have a great point with that because if you look at television now um, for example, this show, um, Rivers, Riverdale, Riverdale is, yeah, they, they have like some black people in this cast, but it's, it's mostly, you know, white lead still. And that move, that show still doesn't get the numbers as scandal. It's up against scandal, which I'm always laughing. Like who told you to do, <laughs> to do that? But it's up against scandal. Wow. And you notice that shows that are still kind of playing that white narrative does not have the range anymore. It doesn't have that 
that you know this is bring those ratings because you have to diversify that now most shows are trying to diversify and then you have the rise of shows like Atlanta and Insecure and Queen Sugar that's basically saying if you don't diversify your show you're not going to have that loyal fan base we see we see that now with um, Sleepy Hollow he took away the, the person of color who was, who was one of the leads and you don't have that anymore so I feel like we see that so big with television too that you see what kind of works and what don't but you now see that you need to diversify right. your cast or you don't have that following. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, just uh, uh, speaking of Riverdale, my friend Ashley Murray, she plays, um, the, uh, I think, uh, Josie uh, uh-huh. of the Pussycats. So shout out to Ashley. Um, she's fucking, she's, she's awesome. But um, uh, yeah, it's uh, the main, you know, like the, like the main characters, the lead, like like the true leads, the stories are of white people, yeah. even in that show. Um, and uh, uh, it's troublesome. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah, and I, I I haven't been really following Sleepy Hollow, but so they they recast the 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 female role that was played by the the black girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, she dies, <laughs> and they kind of. I mean, I think her what? sister is still there, and there's some other woman who's kind of. Uh, she's of. Uh, she's a woman of color I want to believe she has a lot of different backgrounds but it just kind of lost a lot you know of his followers because that was something unique to have a woman of color who was in the lead um, that was very tough a sci-fi sci-fi-ish or and now like in the beginning when Sleepy Hollow came out Mm -hmm. she was the star and the guy who played Ichabod was the supporting actor now it's when they changed it was as if she was supporting him yeah. and then I, we were hearing reports that it was uh kind of hard to work with the writers and the directors mm-hmm. and certainly then all of a sudden they just wrote her out and how do you write out a, a poc character they typically die so she had to die for him so he can go on for this dumbass oh, journey okay. like fuck that no. <laughs> no way are you kidding me yeah. I heard about it on uh, Black Girl Nerd. Yeah. Never wrong. Yeah, and then... Oh, the... Black Girl Nerd? Yeah. I love them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, that was a big okay. thing oh. on Twitter, and that was how we was able to kind of learn about the whole situation. And so they begging everybody to, oh, please give us another season. Please uh, live tweet, show. you know. Yeah. I'm like, no. Once you, you know, ostracize your viewers then you know down goes the titanic yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and, and 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 you guys you know brought a really good point when you have a, a legitimate diverse cast of people of color the viewers will be very loyal you're, you're gonna get a different kind of viewership it might not be as wide but you know, it's like quantity over quality. You know, mm-hmm. when you, you stay true, when you really show everyone as human beings, the viewership, the, the the fans will really be loyal because they can see themselves because they they are fully represented. Mm-hmm. We are fully represented. You know, um, and that matters. I think way more. It's 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 like respect o- over. Um, just like convenience almost you know yeah. uh, uh, 
And I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah. Right. I think the most dangerous thing a company or an industry can say is, well, we've always done it that way. So that's a a killer. So if you've always done it this way, but, you know, that was 50, 100 years ago, and now we're living in this kind of age where the customers dictate business. Mm -hmm. And if the customers dictate business and you're – still holding to your guns then you know sayonara yeah you're gonna get left behind um you know and this is another thing about iron fist people go but iron danny rand is white you know like in the canon he's white uh but that was written in like the 70s you know um that was damn near 50 years ago um and uh written by you know white people of that time Mm-hmm. So you know that's what they knew, but now it's a different time. Of, you know, and, and the and the landscape is way different. Um, so you know, it just one of the many reasons why you could have made him Asian American. Yeah, true. Very much so. One more question before we jump off here. Um, so mm-hmm. in recent news, there have been celebrities. Uh, that have mentioned the idea that Asian Americans, particularly the American men, uh, are not attractive, um, which was <laughs> which was bullshit. Um, and so why? That's why um, I believe it was Rebecca Theodore um, on Twitter created the hashtag Asian Baywatch. Um, yeah, what? I love Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> what does how do you go forward with saying people don't find you attractive? How does that, how does that resonate with you? Or, you know, how do you say fuck you and, you know, keep on moving? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, well, I, I, I like to use social media as, um, uh, a way to answer, uh, those sentiments. Um, you know, uh, for example, like on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, I will post, you know, like provo- quote unquote provocative or shirtless pictures of myself um, to kind of like show, uh, hey, you know, there are this kind of there, there are these kind of Asian men, too. You know, you might not see them on your TV, you know, or the people in middle America, you might not know them personally, but they exist. Um, so that is one way. A, uh, and then you know you got a lot of people it's it's really the way I use it, it, I, the way I kind of um, my my way of rebuttal is usually through social media you know you, mm-hmm. you, you got people on BuzzFeed or uh, online that make these great videos to kind of answer to, to, to these uh, messed up uh, anti-Asian uh, sentiments um, and uh, but you know this is something that I've had to deal with all my life you know mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've been hearing this or feeling this ever since I can remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with just, you know, I'll be in school and, you know, Asian Asian guys, like the girls, would never really go for the Asian guy. They'll go for the white, black, Latino, but not the Asian guys. Or it, it, we would just kind of like, I would just feel that we're not the most desirable. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't really pinpoint it. I didn't know where it came from, but it was always there. Um, 
And uh, as I grew older, it's like, oh, okay, like I can see it more clearly. I, I, I can see where it comes from. I can, um, but it's, it's, and you know, it really messes with your self-perception, your, 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 you, you know, just, it, it, you get very insecure about yourself. You, mm-hmm. you might um, carry yourself off in a, in a different way, you know, every day in life. Um, uh, I think um, a lot, oftentimes Asian men will resort to misogyny and sexism to kind of counteract their insecurity mm-hmm. of, of undesirability and their sexual insecurity. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it, it just... I think the, it's great that we're talk, talking about it, that a lot of Asian men and women and other people of color and even some white allies are, are speaking out against it. Um, and, you know, they say, hey, like, we, we find Asian men attractive, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important for Asian men, especially straight Asian men, to not resort to misogyny and sexism. Yeah. Um, to kind of to c- counteract what celebrities are saying about Asian men. You know, there is a better way to do that than to go out. Because I've, I've heard Asian guys, you know, say, you know, yeah, that's bullshit, man. You know, I fuck, I fuck, you know, bitches all, all the time. I fuck these white snow bunnies all the time. They love me, you know, like, that's some bullshit. And that, that that's the wrong way to go. <laughs> that yeah. is so toxic. Um, uh, uh, yeah. And it's like, I can't be... You know, like I'm not gonna judge you for it, but I'm gonna check you for it. Yeah. Um, because you know that's that's toxic in itself. But yeah. so you know, it's something that I you know I deal with every day when I see like a video, like Steve Harvey came out with that you know video, and it's like, oh, oh god, god, another one. Okay. Well, oh, and then um, or you got like I don't know, white women just. Sometimes I'll be like, yeah, you know, you're Jake, you're you're hot for an Asian guy, or I usually don't like Asian guys, but but I like you, like I want to date you. And it's like, what? <laughs> that like, backhanded oh, ass compliment. Yeah. Like, oh, like, girl, you're missing out. <laughs> no, that's right. You okay. tell her. You tell her that she is missing out. You let her know. That's right. Oh, I, oh yeah. I'll I'll tell him. All you're not into, you never dated an Asian guy. You're missing out. So, all right, and juices. <laughs> uh, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's something that we just have to kind of keep battling yeah, every right. day because that, the state, like, it, it's so, it's so deeply ingrained in, um, society, uh, you know, but what can we do? But, you know, I, I, I love y'all for, uh, fighting that Rebecca for creating the hack. Hashtag Asian Baywatch. I think you know what Rebecca did. It had it has a huge impact, you know. And, mm-hmm. it, and people might just be like, "Oh, it's fun. It's a hashtag Asian Baywatch." But the thing is, is the reach is huge. Like right. that hashtag, mm-hmm. if it's shared all over, you got people who are on Twitter who might never have met an Asian man in person, and they just have an idea of what an Asian man is like from the mm-hmm. racist stereotypes. They might see that hashtag and be like, "Oh, what is this? Click on it." And you see these pictures of like Asian men who are desirable, who are sexy, who are still intelligent and you know muscular and whatever and whatnot. They'll be like, "Oh my God, they exist!" And then they might be like, "Hey, you know, to their friend, hey, whoever, look at this." Um, and then you know, right? Yeah. And and oh, my start to open. 
Um, so I think, think it's, yeah, uh, what, what she did is very, um, it's incredible, but also uh, under, it's uh, underappreciated, yeah. I think, um, by Asian men especially. Um, uh, yeah. But it's I, underrated in terms yeah. of like the impact. Yeah. But I will say, but what is appreciated, we do appreciate, you know, y'all showing us that you are, I mean, we know you're, we, we know y'all attractive. You ain't got to tell us nothing, but it's good. <laughs> but it's good that y'all are doing that. You're showing that because you're telling people like, I don't know what you heard, but we are sexy men. We are sexy men. We are very enduring. And Jake, right. we've seen your pictures and we, we think that you are very sexy. Uh, I remember put, putting you on a spot. I remember you doing the, the, the great, the gray sweatpants uh, challenge. And I was like, look at, I was like, look at him showing off, and that, but that was good because you were able to kind of battle those stereotypes that are out there as well, you know, that you was going into, the, right. and I was like, that's what you do, you show people like, I don't know what right. you heard, but here's the truth right here, and so that was greatly appreciated for so many reasons, but it was still greatly appreciated to show people something totally different. Exactly. And yeah. Oh man, I'm, I'm so glad I did that. Um, my friend um, Tang, she, she texted me. She's like, Jake, Jakey, you heard about this great sweatpants challenge? And it was like, I just woke up and I was like, what is that? I don't. I have never heard of that. And she sent me a picture of like a dude on Instagram, and I was like, whoa. I was like, this is a this is a thing. She's like, yeah, you should do it. And and I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like threw on the great. I want to fuck up. Um, but um, yeah, and, and I didn't really think anything of it i did not think it was gonna have any kind of like reaction really like except for like just you know like a couple of likes or whatever but um but I, of course my my agenda was more political like it was fun but <laughs> yeah. it was like this is a good way to yeah um, right <laughs> be a nice little not an eat blocker but uh, you know nice little rebuttal but um, um yeah and you know um you know my friend tang black woman rebecca black woman you know, you know, I think black women, whether they're straight LGBTQ, are just the biggest champions and advocates for all people. And yeah. uh, they continue to be thrown under the bus by everyone. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I just have to say that because, because I don't, you know, black women know this. Black, you know, men and people of color, I think a lot of people of color know this, but a lot of people don't. Like, black women are the, the biggest advocate. They're, they're in the forefront and advocating for everyone like they are the most vulnerable yeah um and i have to just say that right now like on the record like someone like rebecca black girl nerds you know like just francesca ramsey you know um uh-huh. just like the, just the biggest advocates for like the biggest intersectional ad- activists and feminists um and uh they i think they should be respected more than they are right now um you're right and uh, and and my and the lgbtq um black community you know like i i don't i don't know who is more of a champion uh, um for justice for everyone intersectionally like it's you know intersectionally mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. and we have these pieces like um these here recent pieces about uh beyonce's uh pregnancy or they're talking about serena's mm-hmm. softcore porn i'm like Y'all are ODing on jealousy. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. My yeah. God. Like, I, I, I don't know anything about Serena um, Williams' softcore porn, but, like, if, 
if, if she if she came out with a like soft softcore porn sex video, so so what? So what? Right. You can't you can't cancel her greatness, her 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 activism, her what she stands for, anyhow. Yeah. Um. What? What she came out with sex tape? Like y'all don't have sex? Like people don't have sex? So what? She? I would love to watch that sex tape. Serena's willing to sexy as fuck. But, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Um. And Beyonce. Beyonce's pregnant. Oh my god! You saw all those pictures? They're fucking magical. They're fucking amazing. They're so fucking beautiful. Oh. God. What? What can people say? What are they saying? Foolishness, and that's what it is. It's foolishness. Right, it is. It, it very much is. So, Jay, yeah. I appreciate so much. for yes. We appreciate you so much for coming on the show. We do. Uh, can you let everybody know where they can find you online? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think all my social medias uh, are at the Jake Choi. Um, so yeah, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I believe that yeah, it's at the Jake Choi. Um, yeah. And I have a website, jakechoy.com, but I don't, I don't really, like, update it too much, so. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have any upcoming projects uh, that are soon to be released that you can let everybody know about? Yeah, yeah, there is a uh, feature film um, that I shot uh, about a year and a half ago. It's called Wolves. It's uh, directed by um, Bart Foytlink, um, uh, who's the husband of Julia Moore. And uh, it's a, uh, I guess, a drama set in New York. Um, it's a basketball theme movie, so it's you know it'll be pretty fun. Um, yeah, it, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty good from the trailer, uh, and uh, that's coming out. I, I forget when when it's coming out. It's coming out soon. I think IFC Films uh, picked it up. Oh great! Wow. Um, so, uh, Victor, do we have any other? things to cover before we get out of here because i know i got a bottle of wine waiting for me <laughs> well, i don't but again I'm, Dang, very, all right. I'm very happy that it stopped storming here in california we've had crazy storms so oh, i'm glad we man. survived i feel like i was about to go to oz but we survived it yeah <laughs> and jake knows it was, it was pretty crazy oh my my god yeah it was. i'm i'm glad it stopped the yeah. drought is over yeah the sun is out now um, but no, you know, this has been a great weekend and all that good stuff. And Jake, again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. This was, this was great. Can't wait to, to, to share it all over. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can come back anytime. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have me, please. Have me back. I'm lonely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With, and that being said, guys, we will see y'all later all right bye everybody all right